I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Gwynn waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there with it. Oh, doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Emergency Podcast. I am your host, Danny Ortiz, at 5.5 Dan, live from my car on Bluetooth. Uh, not alongside Eric LeBou, my best friend. How's it going, Eric? I'm a miserable SD fan. Hey, man, I'm stoked. This is like our own uh, our own version of the uh, Dave and Jeff podcast, where uh, you're Dotseth in the in the car driving around. This is a uh, emergency pod. We said we weren't going to do it, but here we are, man. Like- why can't I be Palais? He's much better looking and he's taller. <laughs> yeah, that's anyway. a good call. Hey, you know what? Um, as we're no, doing I, this right now, I, I can hear myself in the background. So why don't you take me off your Bluetooth and put your fucking headphones in? Uh, so what's the, what's the point of the technology? I came in the car to be comfortable. <laughs> you didn't go in your Hold car on. to beat off like Wait. in uh, Hall Pass? No, that's what the bathroom is for, actually. But oh, I don't need just... to do that anymore because I'm in... Dad. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that, that sound better for you, buddy? A lot better, a lot better. So let's get right into it, man. Eric Cosmer signs a deal with the uh, San Diego Padres. Eight years, uh, $144 million. It's a uh, opt-out. I thought it was 138 No, I, I believe it's 144 Now, when I was setting up our uh, studio here to get the, the show started, it, I may have missed some things. But the last that I saw, it's an eight-year deal. Uh, 144 is the... Um, ultimate price when it's all said and done, but essentially it's a five-year deal for 105 million. Because after that, he has the option to to uh, opt out. If he doesn't opt out, then yeah. the three years after that are around 13 million each year. So I mean, just sure. off and, the cuff. And you're right about the. Uh, oh, go ahead, sir. Yeah, I was gonna say off the cuff. What's what's your uh, reaction to that? I, I think we all know, but why don't you go ahead and tell the people who don't follow either one of us on Twitter what you think? Yeah, well, I've been on Twitter. You know, I'm of mixed reactions of it because I've been very vocal about, as a baseball move, I don't like it. Not because I don't like Hosmer as a player. I think he's just fine as a player. I just don't see the fit. Uh, you and I are going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, but we've talked about it on a couple of podcasts here uh, as, as Hosmer Gate has uh, gone on in that he's not good defensively. He's not an upgrade over Myers. I don't buy the whole, oh, he gets a ton of scoops bullshit argument because since he's been at first base full-time, Myers is, like, number three on that list behind Hosmer by, like, eight scoops. It's, it's not even one a game. Um, if you're a professional first baseman, shouldn't you be able to scoop the fucking ball? Shouldn't that be irrelevant? Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And All that's, that's saying and, is, I mean, that, is guys, that they they're shitty infielders and they can't make good throws. Yeah, and, 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 I mean, even then, Adrian Gonzalez had a cannon for an arm. He used to love throwing guys out at home and at third, but – um, but the thing is, you know, sometimes you will sacrifice defense for a better bat, you know, like, um, and it, and that's okay with me. I'm okay with that at first base. The other thing, too, he doesn't have a lot of range, and I know people try to downplay range. Here's how I look at range. If there's a runner on first and get a base hit gets by Hosmer or Myers, whoever's over there, because they couldn't range to get to the ball, now you're at first and third. The runner's on second and that happens, then now that runner scores because the ball's hitting the right field. So, from a defensive standpoint, he's not really an upgrade. He's about what we have. Offensively, the way that he profiles, he's going to put up similar overall production, the totality of his production, which is going to be above average, not significantly, but above average, maybe flirt with all-star levels, is not different than Will Myers. How he gets there is different. He does get on base a little bit more. He makes more contact. He hits for a higher average. But from a power standpoint, he's not significantly better. He's slightly better but not enough to say, oh, he's an upgrade. They're, they're kind of the same guy, and they're going to be making similar money, which is fine. I just didn't see the fit. From a contract standpoint, the way that it was eventually broken down, you've already mentioned it, uh, you said 5105, correct? The first year, 5100 or something like that. Uh, that's not bad. Really, the loser in the deal contract-wise is Hosmer because contracts are typically backloaded. Most teams, when they sign a free agent like this, they're trying to compete immediately. So the whole point of backloading a contract is to give you financial flexibility in the first half or so of that deal. We saw the Angels do that with Pools. I think he made like $14 million the first couple of years. 
and now he's, you know, killing their payroll. Um, whereas in this case, the Padres actually lucked out in that they front-loaded everything. So at the very least, while he's still productive and he's still above average, maybe all-star level, they're paying him for that. They're paying him what he'll be worth. And those last three years, he's going to be paid. He might even be underpaid, really, considering how the market's going um, on the back end of that deal as he goes from, I think it's age 33 to 35, if I'm not, if my math is right. I haven't actually looked at it, but I think that'll be his age because I don't see him opting out at that point. I think he's going to start declining after year three, uh, if not maybe year two. Um, and I can't see him opting out of that deal for whatever reason. So uh, overall, I, I don't think it's a terrible move. I don't think he moves their window of contention up. Um, he makes things interesting from a roster standpoint. So not a bad move, not a good move, just kind of like a wait-and-see move. What do you think? I think it's really exciting, man. Like, when when the first thing – dude, oh, all the way back in know. November – all the way back in November, that's when we went on the Kept Faith pod for the Hosmer episode, and here we are in February. Like, I, I can't believe it's taken this long, first of all. And on the day where uh, where I discovered the uh, Blunt uh, Bluntly Padres podcast, Hosmer comes on and, and sparks up Padres Twitter. So, I mean, it's it's crazy, <laughs> dude. I love it. When when I first saw, when I first heard it, uh, shout out to our boy at uh, Uncle Pimo. He sent us a text. He's like. Holy fuck, Kevin yeah. Acey's right it. And I'm like, uh, okay, let me check Twitter. And then nonstop, and the phone's just been blown up since then. So initially I was like, okay, I mean, hey, it's, it's what's done is done. We all had an idea that was going to happen. Uh, let's wait and see until these numbers come out. And then you start to see it coming out. Well, hey, it's an eight-year deal. And it's like, oh, fuck, they went eight uh, years. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, and that was our reaction in the text. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, I mean, that was me too. But at the uh, same time, I'm like, yeah, it's eight years. I don't hate it. But it's one extra year. Like I was okay with seven years, one forty. Like I, I wanted five if we were going to do it. But and I, I think you got five. Incredibly. Honestly, I think that's what it ultimately is. But I was, I had convinced myself. I had talked myself into it multiple times, many sleepless nights. Like, hey, I'm not stoked about it, but it is what it is. It's going to be seven years, one forty, if we sign him. Well, it turned out about eight years, one forty four. So when I heard eight years, I was like, oh, that's shitty. But I mean, hey, let, we don't have a choice. Let's roll with it. And then you start to hear that it's front-loaded. And it's like, well, fuck yeah, that's that's what we've been asking for forever, right? To front-load these deals. Now think about with Hosmer, five years, right? So five years, that's what, 2023? Is that right? Yeah, 2023, 2022, 2023, whatever. That's around the time where we're hoping to be pushing forward and hopefully contending playoffs. Um, I mean, World Series, it sounds funny to say now, but that's around the time where we're hoping for these things to happen. Now, that's also around the time where Hosmer, if he wants more money and he doesn't want to be stuck in only three years, $39 million, he's going to be going off at that time. So I think he's going to be a big part in helping us win and hopefully bringing in a championship. I mean, you can look at his numbers, whatever. I think it's a big boost to the clubhouse. I'm, I'm the, you're the numbers guy. I'm, the, I'm the, the gut guy, so to speak. And I think Hosmer's going to bring to a lot to the leaf. <laughs> I was waiting for you. I tossed I toss it up there for you. I was, I was uh, hoping that you were going to foul out again like in softball but um well i've been i've been getting laid since then so things are on the up and up making making much more hard contact hard hard contact for sure hard and hard and uh, slightly deep um hard short and deep (laughs) i'm really excited for it man like um did you hear though that there is uh for hosmer uh scott miller tweeted this out the first three years of the contract is a full no trade clause yes i did see that and i'm not surprised and, and and I agree with you from a standpoint of the deal. I, we've mentioned it now. I don't mind the contract itself because it is really the, a five-year deal because he either opts out or we get him for three years on the cheap. Well, right now, you know, you and I thought he's going to be $20, 25000000 million a year. And I think for the first five years, he'll be worth that because I don't think he's going to start declining until after the third year. I think for the first three years of that contract, he'll be worth it. Um, and then the last two years, you know, he'll go from being a very good, maybe, you know, hit or miss all-star to a good to very good player. And then he starts to peter out towards mediocrity. And let's, so fa- and let's face it, dude, the way fine. that the players and the way that the market is these days, the $20 million, that's about the going rate for those types of guys. Yeah, I mean, you look at like a Justin Turner, right? Justin Turner is, what, 32 now? And I think he got like a four-year, $75 million deal or something like that. Ian Kennedy got that from the Royals. Um, so Ian Kennedy, I mean, he was solid, but he's not great. So with, with the amount of money 
that Major League Baseball is getting. I, and I mentioned this earlier uh, on our last podcast. Um, you know, they had that BAMTEC sale or whatever where each team is getting $50 million this year in additional revenue for that. You have money to spend. You know, to me, there's no reason why the Padres, with their TV contract, that BAMTEC money, with the amount of money they're going to have come off the books this year, Melvin Upton Jr. is now off the books. Uh, James Shields is coming off the books this year. I think Hector Oliveira will be off the books soon. They're going to have a lot of money to spend. There's no reason to think teams cannot be, you know, around 150, 170 million dollars consistently. You know, when you're at your peak uh, competing window. So, I don't care about the money. It was never about the money. It was more about the fit. But we had already conceded on when did we record Monday that he was going to come here. You said it by the end of the week. They waited till the last fucking minute, but it was the end of the week. So it's more of like how he's going to fit on the roster. From a contract standpoint, I can't complain. It's it's the whole creative, oh, we got creative with it, very much accurate in how they set that up because it's not going to kill them if he happens to not opt out of those last three years. And yeah, it won't I'm kill okay him at with all. that. No. Not at all. And that's, that's where I told uh, – because John Gennaro brought it up on Twitter also. He goes, hey, you know – a Padre fan should not want to see Hosmer stick out this full uh, eight years. You know, they should want to see him opt out after five years. And I'm like, well, hey, is it worst case scenario if he sticks around those last three years? It's uh, three years, $39 million. That's essentially what we paid James Shields to go away. It's not the end of the yeah, world if Hosmer's still way here. more than that. No, the yeah, Padres, the Padres version, what the Padres are sending to the White Sox, though, is roughly three years, 39 Remaining, oh, I, I should that. say. But, yeah, but no, and you're, and you're right. And, and again, you know, when you look at the market and how much money, you know, is is going through the system, I mean, just in Major League in general, $13 million is a drop in the bucket. That's what they're paying Chase Headley right now. I can't see Hosmer being a guy, you know, petering out, hitting 260 with a decent on base and 10 to 12 home runs a year. I think when he peters out those last three years, he's probably going to be hitting 260, 270 like 15 home runs a year you know he'll be productive he just won't be very good he'll be okay and he's not great he's not bad um so i, I don't mind it um, on that point now the, the part that gets really interesting now now that it's official um is how this is going to affect the roster so obviously will myers is going to go to left there's talk about jose perella moving to second but then this malarkey about not having him out there with the ground ball pitchers which to me it's like you're not going to fucking blah, win blah. anyway, so what does it matter? Right. Well, how do you feel? Like, what? Do you, how do you feel about? We we all know Myers is going to be awful in left field, but what do you do with the other guys like a Swahe, Spangenberg, and the like? Because Headley's starting at third, and Galvis is starting at short. I mean, do you think another deal's coming for these more fringy guys? Yeah, for sure. And you know what I will say about those two guys, Aswahe, and it's not a knock on Aswahe. I really liked what I saw from him last year, but Aswahe, Spangenberg. Believe me when I tell you this, I am losing no sleep over what's going to happen to them this upcoming year. I'm losing no sleep. Perella, he played really well last year out in left field. I mean, hey, moving Ray, him. He's the best hitter on the team. Yeah, and his defense, you know, is supposedly somewhat shaky at second base, but who cares? I'm always, I've always been a guy, offense first, defense will figure itself out. If you have him at second base, that's another stick in the lineup. So at that point, I am not Can he be gonna... worse than Solarte at second? That's a thing. Or Solarte at short? It can't oh, be worse well, than I that. Mean, hopefully, we've... No, hopefully we won't stick him at short. But that's – I mean, I agree with you. It depends on the position. Yeah. Catcher, short, center, third. I want really good defense because those are important. Second, left, and first, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm and not, the, here's I'm not the... too worried about that. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing that, that I'm looking at, and I will never, ever be the guy that's going to come out in this year and say, oh, well, hey, now that we have Hosmer, you know, we have Galvis out there at short catching all the ground balls, you know, Myers and left. Uh, uh, you know, hey, we just we might actually uh, contend for a playoff. That will never be me, ever. But if no. you have so – They uh, went from like a 65-win team to like to a 70. 68-win team. Yeah, yeah. I mean – I don't think Hosmer had five wins. I think 60, 60, 68 to 70. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. I think it's fair, too. Maybe they'll get 69 wins. Nice. <laughs> so we'll see. But here's here's my thinking behind it. If you put Perella at second base, moving him from left because he had a good a good year, I don't think he's going to have as good of a year this year that he did last year. I think it's a little bit of a fluke. But if you have him Agreed. at second base, uh, you have Myers out in left, you have Hosmer at first, it's, 
starting not to look like that bad of a team. I mean, it's I'm not saying they're contending. Again, I'll never say that. But it won't be so dreadful to go to the games now. Do you see what I'm saying? Isn't it shitty that a Padre fan is, you know, that's what it's come to? Like, hey, we finally signed a huge, well, in Padre terms, a huge free agent. Yay, now it won't be dreadful to go to the I mean, games. He, he is. I mean, really, he's a, of the free agents on the market, you could argue he was a top guy. I mean, yeah. I thought Carlos Santana was a little bit better, but I could I would understand the argument. Well, Hosmer's a top guy because he's the he's the youngest off he's the offensive free agent on the market just based off his age, and there's still some upside. And I'll talk about that in a second for Hosmer. But I agree with you because before we're looking at a lineup, and especially after Solarte left, you're looking at a lineup where Margot was okay last year. I think there's a lot more there. Then you have Perella, who's really good, but will probably regress. Myers is solid, but frustrating at times. And then after that, you have fucking Hunter Renfro, and then Chase Headley, and then Aswahe, and North Spangenberg, and Hedges, who couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat. You know, so it was really brutal after the number three guy. What Hosmer does, he does this, I remember, uh, who said that? I think it was Bud Black when we got Milton Bradley. It was like, yeah, he lengthens out the lineup a little bit. And he does, because now I could legitimately see a lineup that features, and people are going to hate me for for doing this, but I don't care. I can see a lineup where you have Margot hitting leadoff. Time out, time out, before you even down. say it, before you even say it, because I know how you prefaced it. You're going to put Headley in the two-hole, aren't you? Fuck no! Why would I do that? For God's sake, no. Oh, God, I'm glad you train, no. man. I don't know. No, 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 no. I was on the Headley train when he was, like, here, and he was solid and got a lot of shit for being basically Brian Giles at third. No, you don't put not at this point in his career. Absolutely not. All right, uh, no. all right. Well, good. I'm, leading, I'm proud of you. I'm leading. <laughs> I know you are. See, my life has turned around now. I'm, I'm not single anymore. <laughs> um, so I'm putting Margot leading off. Honestly, I'm batting Hosmer second. I think of the guys that they have, and this doesn't say as much about Hosmer as it says about the status of the Padres lineup. I think Hosmer is their best player right now. I think he's their best hitter. Yeah. Not by a lot. But I do think he's their best hitter. He does get on base more than Myers. So he's going to hit for a little bit less power, maybe similar power. But he's going to get on base more. He's going to have the higher average. So he's going to put more balls in play with Margot on. Margot can actually advance. So I put him in a two-hole. And I'd, either, and I'd probably bat Perel at third and Myers fourth. And now you push everybody the fuck down. Now you don't have to worry about Renfro being your damn cleanup hitter. You can put him in the five or six spot. You can move. Headley in the five or six spot, and then I don't know who the hell else they have on the team. And that's assuming Renfro even <laughs> oh, makes Galvin. the team out of spring. Yeah, I beg your pardon. I said that's assuming Renfro even makes a team out of spring. I, I don't think they're going to send him down. He was still as bad as he was at, at not avoiding an out. He was still pretty close to league average offensively. He was a replacement level player last year, so I'm okay with them just saying, "Hey, go get him, big guy," because I think there's a little bit more in there. And I think moving him down, because he was batting high in the lineup last year, I think moving everybody down, because I can see him batting fifth, Headley sixth, uh, Galvis seventh, and Hedges eighth. God, that's a black hole. (laughs) (laughs) The seven, eight, nine is going to be a black hole. But, I mean, Osborne does lengthen out the lineup, and he at least gives you another solid hitter. You made that argument, and this is off the record when we would just text about it when the talks first happened. Is it so bad adding a guy like Hosmer? Not from an offensive standpoint, no. He does give you an extra solid, above-average bat in the lineup. So he's going to help from that standpoint. And I can see that being fun, at least for the first inning, when the Padres fans show up. Like, hey, if we can turn this lineup over every you know, three innings, we'll at least get to see a decent chance to score before Renfro comes up. Right. So that'll be better. But that's a branding move. I don't agree with doing moves for branding. But he does make the team better. I don't think he moves up the window of contention. He does make them better. One thing I wanted to touch on, and I forgot when we were talking about this, because you mentioned it's essentially a five-year deal with that opt-out being really, really cheap. I think, too, the last two years of this five-year deal is going to be when they're ready to compete. And that'll be in, let's see, 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. Ideally, the pitchers are up. Tatis is up. Urias is up. They've got it locked down. They figured out their you know outfield problem with uh, whoever's going to be in right. But ideally... Um, that'll be when this team is in a position to win 85 games a year at least. Where they can say, hey, we can go in, and we think we can win 82 to 85 games at least. So we'll just plug in some pieces to try to add some wins on and go from there. And that's the part I do like about the deal and it being front-loaded. 
Because once you get past that point, you've got guys like Margot and whatnot who are going to start to get expensive after that, uh, and you're going to maybe want to extend them. And they'll have the money to do that, presumably, because they won't be paying the corpse of Eric Hosmer in his last three years. The corpse of Eric Hosmer. I like the way you phrase that. Also, the, I'm just uh, saying, man, look at, look at Baltimore. <laughs> true. But the, uh, the front-loading part there, what, what I like is, keep in mind, it's going to be another two years before Myers starts to earn 20 mil. So the next two years, Myers is still cheap. So you're getting both those guys for a combined 20, no more than 26, 27 million. Which is I Myers mean, still on the seven? Let me, I can look it up. No, I, I just looked it up right. earlier. It's going to be he has two more oh. years. Uh, Myers does getting paid less than ten million. He shoots up to twenty after two full seasons. So, and at the end of the day, why do we even care about what they're paying? We don't care. Like I we, don't care about the money. I absolutely don't care about the money. It's not my fucking money. Yeah, I don't well, give a duh. shit. I mean, we've uh, established already it, that they have the money to go ahead and add even more oh, on top of Cosmer. So I'm not too worried about. Yeah, they can go. I'm not worried about it. No, I'm not either. You're right, by the way. Myers won't start making money until 2020, and that'll be the last two years of Hosmer's. And even then, even combined, they're only making $42 million a fucking year yeah. combined. That's That should be a fourth of their payroll. Exactly. Like They should have another $160 million floating around exactly. uh, or $120 million floating around. Yeah, to do what they need to do. And that's I don't not care even about the money. In my, what the game's going to be like four, three, even two, two or three years down the road. You know, I, I think the game well, could still they can be a even lot get different. a playoff berth. I agree, and assuming they can get a playoff berth out of that, a playoff berth increases revenue incredibly yeah. and allows teams to spend. So, um, hopefully, and and I was never it was never about the money. I, I honestly think he's I think he loses. Honestly, I think the biggest losers right now in this offseason is Scott Boris. Uh, I don't know if people heard, but Tony Watson, who's every bit as good as any other reliever that was out there, signed a three-year, seven million fucking dollar deal. Which is atrocious. Awful I mean, contract. that's an awful deal. Awful. For a guy who's actually good. He's actually really good. And he signed a terrible deal. He's making $2 million a year. Yeah. Well, I saw incentives, <laughs> can, I saw the incentives could, uh, could bring him up a little bit higher. But I, I – Well, mean, yeah. I mean, obviously they got really creative. But still, I mean, just the, just the fact that he's got to actually get – like, he's not guaranteed money. For a reliever on a two-year, it's not like he's got a long-term deal. A two, three-year deal for relievers not terrible. Um, but Scott Boris, I think, and, and Eric Hosmer are the losers because he didn't get the money he wanted. We we know he wanted eight years, but you know he wanted 160 to 200 million dollars. He ain't getting that. Well, excuse me, I've been sipping on my Coke Zero, um, <laughs> but he ain't getting that. He's uh, he's not getting 20 to 25 million a year. He has an opt-out clause, great, but he's going to make all the money when he's worth it, which to me for a free agent isn't worth it because if it gets to a point the Padres feel like, hey, in his last year, you know what, he's hit, he hit 260 last year, he had a 301 on base, he fucking slugged 390, we're basically paying him to be yonder Alonzo. Fuck it, we'll eat the $13 million and cut him. That, that's not a good look for, for Eric Hosmer. No. It, it's not, it doesn't put him in a position of leverage when he gets to that point. Um, so I, I really have to feel like, you know, if you're looking at it from a standpoint of who's going to win on this contract, unless he's just absolutely atrocious or he blows out for injury, the Padres win right now on the surface level in terms of, you know, did who, who got the best of the other. The Padres, I think, got the best of Hosmer and Scott Boris. Scott Boris is losing this offseason rather handily, I might add. I was going to say, I think this is the first time that I can remember a long-ass time that I think Boris is starting to sweat, man, because this, this deal for Hosmer, yeah. man. If you would have told me at the beginning of the offseason that Hosmer would sign a deal like this, oof, I don't know, man. And that kind of makes me wonder what's Jamie Martinez going to get. He's not even making 20 a year. No, the, the yeah, average Hosmer's annual value is uh, $18 million. And I think he's worth 20 I yeah. think if you sign him to a five-year – I think we talk, I don't know if it was on air, but I think we talked about it before. If, he was, if he's willing to sign a three- to five-year deal, fuck it, give him 25 I think he's worth that in that short time frame. He's not even making that on the front-loaded deal. You know, he's making 20 a year, but then he's fucking making 39 the last three. It's, I mean, $18 million a year for a guy who is supposed to be the quote-unquote premier free agent. And you're right. What's J.D. Martinez at 30 years old who has no defensive value? As much as he hit last year, this is why I like war. When people dig on war, this is why, to me, war is a good reference stat. Not the end-all, be-all. For as much as he hit last year, J.D. Martinez was so terrible defensively he was not as good as you would have think overall in terms of contributing to his team. Good on offense, but then you stick him out in the outfield and he's awful. 
I think teams are catching on to that. I think that's why he's going to have to take basically cut a deal just to get into a spring training camp because I don't think he's getting 150 million. He's not getting what Hosmer got. There's no way, no, no way. It's not after happen. this deal. I think the Padres fucked Scott Morris because Tony Watson got screwed. Hosmer didn't get anywhere near the deal you thought he was going to get, and now he's still got fucking JD Martinez sitting around, and teams are saying, "Oh, well, you're fucking bending over for these teams." Here's what we can give your guy. Take it or fucking leave it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good point. And, you know, as we said all along, as as the offseason comes uh, really, really closely to coming to an end there, someone's going to blink, whether it's the owners or whether it's the players. And it seems like right now the agents and the players are blinking. They're, they're starting to feel that seat get a little bit hotter. Uh, they're starting to wonder, hey, where, where the hell am I going to play? Their wives want to know. Their kids want to know. It's it's coming down to crunch time. They're not going to sit out. Let's their mistresses want to know. Yeah, their mistresses <laughs> want to know. Um, they, they're not going to sit out the season. So, you know, these guys are starting to take deals no, that not. aren't aren't ideal for them. But, I mean, at the end of the day, hey, we say that the Padres win this contract and the Hosmer loses. He's still getting 144 mil, guy. Like, he's not Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. I mean, the team is always going to lose um, from a standpoint. Like, a three – Name the last fucking long-term free agent deal that actually worked out. I mean, I can't. I can't think of the last one that, honest to God, maybe the first A-Rod contract. The first A-Rod contract was fucking stellar. He was every bit as good as he needed to be to be a $200 million man. Other than that, I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea because the second end of his deal wasn't any good. Jeter's deal wasn't any good towards the end. Uh Giambi's deal, Teixeira's deal. I'm just throwing out Yankees at this point. <laughs> Fucking Ellsbury's contract is awful. Yeah. So they, historically, they don't typically work out for the team. Yeah, historically they, they don't work out. But in this case, I think it's worth I think it's worth the gamble, honestly. And I don't want to you know I don't want to be the guy that says like oh hey well now uh, Harper's out the window or now Machado's out the window because I think they were always out the window. But I I don't mind the signing. Actually, I like it. I really like it a lot. When I saw the the uh, the structure of the contract, that's when I was really like, "Oh fuck yeah, dude!" Because I like seeing the creativity there, and that's what Preller's all about, man. Like we've always known he's kind of a weird dude, and I, I think the structuring of this deal is awesome. Like I, I couldn't be more stoked. And kind of, uh, it's funny if if people want to go back to our old episodes and hearing us talk about, it, and I'm, I'll admit I don't give a fuck. I'm the biggest flip flopper ever. Ever. Yeah, you've, you've admitted that multiple times, actually. Yeah, so I'm sure you can go back in some of our old episodes, Craig Meddy, and find a clip find a clip of us where I'm, <laughs> where I'm just against the signing, just wholeheartedly. But when I look at it now... Well, you I, did say there's no way he gets eight fucking years. I did. I mean... And I'll own it. I don't yeah. give a fuck. No one's yeah. paying us for these You know what, we're wrong. We're, we're, we're just guessing. I'm not, a, and I'm not a know-it-all. Yeah. I'm more than open to being wrong, and I said this on Twitter. I hope he fucking proves me wrong. I hope that Eric Hosmer, he makes a fuck ton of contact. That's his number one primary offensive skill, is that he makes a lot of contact. And Brian Kenny, and you guys, if you want to go on Brian Kenny's Twitter, um, he has a lot of stuff on Hosmer in terms of, like, how do you evaluate this guy? He's, he's such a divisive player. He's certainly not bad, but he's not elite. He had no business starting over Paul Goldschmidt uh, in the WBC. It just happened to work out that way, and he did well. But in real life, I wouldn't take fucking Hosmer over Goldschmidt. Uh, but Brian Kenny's put out a lot of stuff where there's some things that you like. You know, he, he did have better plate discipline, not so much in the walks category, but just in terms of laying off pitches. Like, you know, laying off the bad pitches and being more selective at the plate with what he can hit. Maybe that's an upward trend. Maybe he will – somebody will get in his ear, whether it's Matt Stairs or whoever, and they get him to join the fly ball revolution. You know, we've seen ideal. what that's done for guys. Yonder Alonso is fucking a completely different guy now. You know, Justin Turner's another guy. J.D. Martinez is another guy. Hey, I want to hit the ball in the air. That's what I'm trying to do. Maybe Hosmer moves more towards that because I think there's untapped potential in there. I really believe that there's another level, another gear Hosmer can hit. It's just a matter of changing his approach at the plate and maybe changing his swing plane. Or if he hits more balls in the air, he's got opposite field power. If he hits more balls in the air... Maybe you get a guy who's slugging closer 480 to 500 instead of 440 to 450. And that completely changes the game on how that contract looks. If yeah, he's but hitting at the same time, with a 350 uh, – yeah, go ahead. At the, at the same time, though, with that fly ball revolution that's coming around, isn't it, isn't it kind of a, a uh, byproduct of getting more launch angle or you know, joining that revolution? You kind of sacrifice a little bit of contact to add that power? 
Yeah, but at the same time, an out is an out. So to me, I don't care if you fucking strike out. In a lot of cases, I'll take a strikeout over a fucking ground ball any day of the week, you know, because of force plays and whatnot and double plays. So I'm willing to take that. I mean, he's a 280, 290 hitter now. If he's going to go from 280 to 290 to 270, 280, but he's going to still get on base at 340, 350 clip, but instead of slugging 440 to 450, which don't quote me, but I think that's roughly what he's at for his career, and he's going to slug 480 to 500, fuck, I'll take it. I'll take a couple of more strikeouts or you know, 20, 30 more strikeouts to get 20 or 30 more extra base hits. To me, that's worth it. To me, runs are in the air. Extra bases are in the air. The most damage is done when you hit the ball past the outfielder, right? You get the ball past the outfielder, that's your last line of defense. My high school coach used to tell me, if I can read the number on your back from the dugout, that means I'm fucked and we're giving up runs. <laughs> so to me, if he's willing to do that, change the launch angle, change the swing plane, and maybe eat a couple more strikeouts a year or whatever, to me that's worth it because I think there's an untapped gear in there. And it makes the contract look even better. So going forward, as much as I don't like the move, I am going to try to be more positive, and that's one of the things I can see maybe going the Padres' way, is that they convince him to change his, his launch angle and to try to hit the ball in the air more often and in turn tap into a different level that he has not reached yet that can turn him into perennial all-star, which is what he was supposed to be you know, coming out of the minors anyway. Right, and I, I should say I'm 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 enjoying this uh, conversation a lot more than I thought I would initially because when it first came out on Twitter, I'd swear to God, I was like, dude, if I see Danny right now, I'm gonna choke this motherfucker, it's annoying the piss out of me. Bring bring in all your stupid logic <laughs> and reasoning, just get out of here with that. <laughs> I think I told you in our, our text yeah. thread with me, you and uh, Patrick, uh, Uncle Pimo. Yeah, I'm like, hey, uh, will you take your Uncle fucking Pimo. brain and take it to some other parade? I'm enjoying life over here. Yeah, Donovan uh, Jones, who invited us to practice, is very happy that I'm unable to attend tomorrow uh, because he doesn't want me to piss on everybody's hopes and dreams. No, I mean, I, and I get it. Like, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. Like, I don't want to shit on people. If people like, I get why people like the deal. We got a buddy at work uh, that I texted. He hasn't gotten back to me yet. I'm sure he's having a nice weekend. But I texted him because he was telling me, bro, they're going to sign Hosma, and he's going to be great. And I'm just like, eh, like – I, I just don't buy it. Like, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I get why people are excited, but they're excited for a branding reason. If you actually look at him as a player, and I know Marver tries to get around it, but if you look at him as a player, he's not that great. But he's on the team. He's a Padre. So I'm going to root for him. So I hope that he does well. I hope that he at least, for the first three to five years, can replicate some semblance of what he did last year, that we get a consistent Hosmer and we get that three to four win player. Because if they get that, then that's fucking great. I hope that Myers isn't so awful in left field or that he comes in this year with a fire under his ass because they basically said, we gave you this deal, you flopped, and we went out and got the guy we want you to be. So maybe Myers will fucking turn it around and find some semblance of consistency and also be a three or four win player. I want this to work. I'm not stoked about the deal, but the Potters are my team. I will support them. So I want it to work. The other thing I want to point out, because I feel like our ownership gets a bad rap, not because they're actually bad, but because the predecessors were awful. John Moore's, outside of like 98, was terrible. Morad was the fucking worst. Awful. And then obviously this new ownership group's come in, and they haven't really done anything that's impacted on the field, except that one year where they tried to blow everything up and it you know, blew up in their face. I don't want to hear that our ownership is cheap anymore. They go out and they spend in the fucking draft. Preller had basically a blank check for the international signing uh, you know, uh, uh, period. He gave Morahone $22 million. I mean, I know it was 11, but they paid $22 million for a minor league kid who's going to maybe pitch in Elsinore this year. And now they just went out and they gave Will Myers a contract, whether he deserved it or not is irrelevant. They were willing to commit to that money. They've been paying money off the books for these dead contracts to rebuild the farm system and to get better players back. And they just fucking handed out $144 million to Eric Hosmer. I don't want to hear about the ownership being cheap anymore. They might say some dumb shit. Fowler opens his big mouth all the time. But when it comes to put up or shut up, the ownership is actually investing in the fucking ball club. More than only invest in the farm system. The payrolls, it's going to start with a four bullshit was exactly that bullshit. Moore's never wanted to spend on the farm system. 
those motherfucking scouts didn't even have fucking cameras or stopwatches when they were trying to scout players, never invested in the draft, and band-aided a team handcuffing our guy, Kevin Towers, every single year from making moves because he wouldn't let the payroll open up. So I don't want to hear it. This ownership group is cheap. There are a lot of things, but if anything, at least they fucking try. At least they're spending money somewhere, somehow, to try to get better with some semblance of direction. This is far and away the best ownership group we've had since Ray fucking Kroc. They're oh, the man. only ownership group we've had that clearly shows the desire to win, whether it's by tanking and spending money on international free agents and taking on dead money to get better players and investing in the draft, or if it's going out, and even though I don't agree with it, going out and saying, this is our guy, we're identifying this guy as what we want from a perspective of branding, a player, the production. This is what we want at the age that we want him at. They went out and they fucking got it. So whether you agree with it or not, and I don't, this ownership is actually showing us the last, what, they've been 2015 since 2015, exactly what they're made of. They're showing us that they fucking care, that they want to win, and that they're willing to do what they have to with clear and logical direction. And they're fucking executing it. They're not just fucking talking out of their mouths and talking out of their asses. They're actually putting their money where their mouth is. So if we could please lay off the ownership group for once, because God damn it, they're fucking trying. Whether man, you agree with it things. or not, whether they're great moves or not, they're fucking trying. A couple things here. One, man, you're fired up, dude. I'm, I, I feel, I feel the passion. I feel the passion, and then also two. It's, I don't get why they shit on the ownership group. <laughs> I know Fowler says some dumb shit, but Jesus Christ, they spent twenty-two million dollars on Morahone. <laughs> the fucking Orioles don't even spend a dollar on their international free agent signings. They gave Morahone eleven million, and then paid another eleven. As a fucking, as a, uh, what is it, a penalty fee. And they're not cheap. They're not cheap. They're not, they're not, they're letting their guy do what he wants to do. They're giving Preller open reign. Go get him. That's what they're telling Preller to do. I, I can't knock them for that. I, I can't see why they're bad just because they're still losing. They're just not in a position. They weren't handed a fucking Cadillac. They were handed a 1965 Camaro where you can see down the line it's going to look really good. But you got to rebuild the goddamn thing first. You got to restore it. So what you're so saying basically for losing. Basically, what you're saying is that uh, Preller is coming in and he is the uh, exhibit that's going to piss uh, pimp our ride. That's what you're saying. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. You know, it's. It, I mean, we're we're handing the car. He's he's West Coast Customs, right? Yeah. You know, we're gonna fucking give him this beater car. Hey, man, we got this great hot rod. We got this like 1970 fucking Camaro. It used to be a fucking show car. We found it in a fucking some pawn shop in Nevada or some fucking junkyard in Cuba, and we shipped it over here. So we want to build it back up and bring it back to its prestige value. And fucking ownership said, here you go, buddy. Go ahead and fucking build this motherfucker up. Take the time you need. We'd like to be sooner than later, but go fucking do it. You want money? Here. You need uh, fucking penalty money? Here. How much money do I got to take on for fucking fat camp to get a good player to get a fucking decent uh, contract off the books? Great, I'll do it. Here. Hey, yo, dog, I heard you like first basements. So I got you a first baseman so you can put your first baseman in left field. (laughs) Yeah, well, hey, man, man, you coming out and uh, defending ownership like that, man, you're trying hard to get us a press pass, pal, and I appreciate that. So so, I don't need a fucking press pass. (laughs) I just don't understand. Can anybody – can you point anything other than Fowler sticking his foot in his mouth? Because he says shit he shouldn't say. The, The James Shields thing was amazing. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I mean, if you just take all that out and you look at tangible action, can you really fault this ownership group considering what we've had to endure with Moore's, Morad, the fucking Werner group almost sold us. They almost got rid of the fucking Padres. I mean, has there really been anybody between Croc and then the current group that has actually wanted to win this much? I don't think so. No. I, I don't think so. I don't think there's ever been such a proactive group. Croc was the last one, and he's been fucking dead for, what, three decades? I mean, this is the first time since him that we've had a group that actually looks like, fuck it, we're pissed. Let's go out and do something about it. Yeah, let's finally change something. Yeah. Let's finally it's, change It's a change, change of the culture, the if nothing else. And that fires me up. It fires me up. I change can tell, clearly. You know, speaking of changes, that's bringing in Hosmer, obviously it changes a lot of things. It changes the future of the, of the team. We were talking about this before we started. Pretty clear now, Josh Naylor's not in the plans in the future of this team. I mean, no, 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 not at all. Not, not unless he's going to, uh, yeah, 
He, I mean, they might bring him in to see what he thinks about the catering. Uh, but uh, outside of Team Canada's WBC team, uh, future does not look bright for Josh Naylor. We t- yeah, we talked about the ripple effect, and he's, I mean, he's the guy, right? I mean, he's going to be in Double A this year, probably Triple A. I think he's trade bait. I think he's. I think the Padres trade him relatively soon in the next six months to a year. Yeah, I think he's gone. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I think it's safe to say Naylor has been sliced out of their future plans, wouldn't you say? <laughs> you can say they've cut him out of the future. Cut him out there. Yeah, I think I think he's gone. Um, also, when you think about it, I mean, you look at all the outf- look at all the outfielders that these that the team has in the system, and this is really really low level. But you have Onya, you have uh, well closer Franchi. So you have Franchi Cordero, you have Renfro, who's already there. Going a little bit lower, you have Onya. You also have Fran Mil Reyes. I mean, I think he's not, as as our pal uh, Conniff said, I think the Potters are going to fuck him. Conniff didn't say that, but going back and referencing <laughs> that story, I think Fran Mil now is fucked. You think about who else they have Maybe. down there at the lower levels. You have Tirso Ornelas. You have Jorge Onya. You have a lot of people, and for at least the next, what, four or five years, you're going to have Myers in left. Like, he's not going anywhere. You're going to have Myers in left. You're going to have Margot in center. There's not a lot of spots open. I mean, there's right field. That's going to be a revolving door. So it, it's kind of, I don't know, man. There's not a lot of opportunity going forward in, in the outfield. That's almost locked down at this point, if not completely locked down. Maybe. Now, it depends on what they do. Because, again, I mean, ideally, you and I will get what we want, and we'll get the damn DH in the NL yeah, at some point, which, which will help. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with Onya and Ornelas, if you guys want to check me out at 5.5 Dan, I retweeted. I can't remember who it was from. I want to say I got it. Might have gotten it from. It was Jeff Sanders. You're right. Jeff Sanders uh, sent out a tweet of a wonderful, it's short, concise, but very good, very detailed, considering its length, um, write-up of the Padres at top 31. And my guy, Tierso Ornelas, made the top 31. Um, But when you read about those two guys, because to me, the only outfielders I'm really excited for is Ornelas and Onya, only because they have so much upside. Those guys are three to five years away, at least, if not longer. Yeah, you know, they're both. Be here in three to I don't five know years. how Hosmer and Myers. Yes, but Renfro probably won't be, and I don't think Cordero will be either. So I think there'll be an opening there, and there's no guarantee that Myers will still be here. I mean, Myers' contract is fairly team friendly. I mean, Hosmer may not be here. In two or three years, the Padres may think, hey, you know what? Our window of contention isn't there. Or a team may be saying, hey, you know, we really need a first baseman. And we're, you know, you're in year four. We're willing to make a move to give you what you want for Eric Hosmer or for Will Myers. So, I mean, we don't know how it's going to shake out. Um, it does make it interesting with, you know, the glutton of outfitters that kind of have floating around right now because you do have Alex Dickerson. He plays first and left. You do have Jankowski who plays the outfield, and I think Jankowski will make the team because he can strictly play center field and play it well, and that's all he's got. And then, like you said, you've got Renfro, you have Perella, um, you have uh, Franchi Cordero, who will probably start in AAA. I know good old uh, the overlord John Conniffin mentioned, regardless of any moves made, he's probably going to start in AAA. But I think all these guys are kind of fringy. You know, I, I think Perella is a fluke. I think he's Jesus Guzman part two. I think Renfro – Best case scenario is an everyday regular, and worst case is what he was last year, which is essentially replacement level, which is probably a bench guy or a platoon player. And with Franchi, I think it's the same thing. I've been reading, you know, it's, it's prospect season, right, because we're in the offseason, all these ranks are coming out. A lot of stuff I'm reading on Franchi, particularly in, in fan graph chats, is, you know, he's got a lot of raw ability. He just has terrible, terrible approach at the plate, terrible discipline, swings at everything. He's probably Will Venable um, in, a, in a sense that, He's going to flash brilliance, and he's probably going to be great defensively. But at best, he's a platoon player. At worst, he is a you know, fourth guy. And I think that's what Renfro is. At best, probably a platoon player, maybe. At best, maybe a fourth guy. So actually, I think Renfro's a little bit better ceiling because he's already there. Probably at best, an everyday regular. At worst, a platoon guy or fourth outfielder. So, um, which is what Jeff Francoeur was. Which is Remember Dave Cameron, who now works for the Padres, would get shit on for calling fucking Renfro uh, uh, Frank Core, and that's basically what he is right now. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Oh, by the way, that's another interesting thing. Dave Cameron wasn't anti-Hosmer. Uh, Brian Kenny retweeted a video he had tweeted out a while ago during the winter meetings with Dave Cameron on, 
and Cameron talking about Hosmer. And he gave him props. He's very, you know, fair to Hosmer. Um, but it's funny that he's now in the office, and I have a feeling he probably said, hey, you know, guys, this probably isn't the best move we should make. <laughs> and he got probably vetoed. He probably got vetoed out. Or maybe he thought, hey, you know what, for the money you guys are doing it for, maybe this is a good move. I'd be really interested to hear um, how that broke down now that he's the head of the analytics. But uh, back to the outfielders. Um, I think that's going to play itself out just fine. They've got plenty of time for the good outfielders, the ones that you really think have a chance to be good everyday players. They have more than enough time to figure that part out. So I'm not too worried so much about that. I'm interested in it, um, but not too worried. I, I think the big one is Naylor is uh, is probably going to be shipped off. I can see them taking a stab at a trade uh, and Naylor being a part of that package. Yeah, he's gone for sure. And we, we always knew that he would be gone. Uh, well, I mean, we always knew that – I should say we always knew we that guess. if we signed Hosmer, then he would be gone. So it's going to be interesting to see yeah, how I, they package him because obviously Padres don't have a whole lot of leverage in a trade for Naylor because every other team in the league knows that Naylor has to go now. So the leverage isn't there, but the, the quality of the prospect is. And because I do believe in Naylor, obviously, I've said before, but I, it'll be interesting to see what they get back. Do they trade him now and just kind of you know get a filler piece? Or do they maybe hold on to him for a year and then see where they're at after this next year and then trade him then? Say, market him as, hey, we have a major what? league ready first baseman. Uh, we want this guy because it's more clear exactly what they need at the major league level. I think it'll be interesting to see how they handle yeah. that. Well, they need a third baseman. I mean, they, they definitely need a third baseman because they don't have any in the system. Um, so, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I don't put anything past Preller. I wouldn't put past him. He's been shopping Naylor for a while now. Um, so, you know, in terms of Naylor, I think, I think kind of like with Myers this past year, you know, the organization maybe soured on Naylor. I think when they traded him, I don't know if they targeted him more so than they said, hey, you know what, this is a pretty good prospect we're getting. For Andrew fucking Kashner. So we should just pull the pl- pull the trigger. Um, with Naylor, you know, th- the biggest concern was always going to be his weight. He's going to be a zero defensively. He's probably a zero on the bases. Um, he has a lot of raw power that he taps into in batting practice, but not the game. And from what I can tell, because he's been brought up in a lot of chats lately, um, it has to do with approach at the plate, pitch selection, and, you know, swing play. You know, he just doesn't elevate the ball enough, and he's not selective enough to – tap into his, his raw power and put that into games, right? Because, you know, you, you can't swing at everything. You have to be selective at the plate. You're a prime fucking example of that in our beer league on Sundays. <laughs> and then if you're selective, you know, you'll fucking rake. <laughs> but if you're not, you swing at everything, you know, you're going to be hit or miss. Flashes of brilliance. So I think maybe they might have skipped. I mean, and these scouts, the guys from, uh, I believe it's Kylie, it's Kylie McSomething. I believe it's Kylie McDaniel uh, from Fangraphs, who actually worked for the Braves for a while. Before going back to Fangrass, so he's there now as a scout guy, prospect guy for Fangrass. And then you got Eric Loggenhagen, who's been there for a long time now. Um, and these guys know people in the industry. You know, they know people in the front offices. They know the scouts. So for them to say this about Josh Taylor, you have to take that as some pretty heavy stuff. You know, this is probably true because they're getting different opinions from and even from people within that organiza- that player's organization. Um, so I think they probably just soured on him and figured, hey, this guy's not the guy for the future. We're not going to move Myers to left field for this guy, you know, with that body type, with the with the swing type, with, with his approach. So let's go ahead and get another guy who's kind of profiles like Myers a little bit differently, but overall similar production, and maybe start moving this guy around. Because there is some value for Josh Sandler. There are teams that could use him. It's just a matter of what's out there that you need that's cost-controlled. I don't think these Chris Archer trade rumors are going to start with a package built around Josh Naylor and Franchi Cordero, um, and then Fran Valera. It, it seemed like it didn't take much to get Odorizzi out of out of them, so I'm not sure about that. True, but Odorizzi, if you look, and this is another reason why I like War as a reference stat. I don't. It's not the end all be all, but as a reference stat, when you look at Odorizzi, you know, you look at his run prevention, you look at what he's, you know, strikeouts. I like fielding independent pitching. I know people hate it, but the three things a pitcher controls: giving up a home run because that's location most of the time, walks. And strikeouts, right? Balls put in play, you're at the mercy of your defense. A ball going over the fence, motherfucker, that's your fault. Striking a guy out, that's on you. That's your that's your good. Walking a guy, take it from me, that's your fault. So when you look at Odorizzi, he's not bad. He's just not very good. You know, he's 
he's replacement level, maybe a little bit better. Archer, even though I think there's another gear to Archer, he hasn't been the staff ace you would think he is, given how he's talked about. I do think that's still in there. I do think that's another gear. I think if you move him out of the NL or the AL East, he taps into that gear a little bit easier just based on potentially competition and getting to face the pitcher, uh, the pitcher spot two or three times a night. So he's also really cheap considering what you're getting back. So the Rays have more leverage in that they don't have to trade him because he's not, you know, holding down their payroll or holding them hostage. And he's got what I think we talked about it Monday, four years of control left. So they're in a little bit better position. I do think a package of Fran Reyes, Franchi Cordero, and Josh Naylor, just based on potential upside, I think one of those guys will be a major league regular. Um, I do think I can get you something, but I think it'll get you more of an Odorizzi than it will a um, Chris Archer type. I think it gets you like a steady four or five starter than it would like a one or two. Yeah, that's true. And You know, when it comes down to it, bringing Hosmer into the, into the fold, I think, and I mean, I've said it, I've said it over and over in this show today. I, I think that bringing Hosmer in is nothing but good but the future. You're adding another piece that going forward at least the next, I'm going to say, three to five years, I think is going to be a very productive piece that's going to help them eventually get to their goal of winning. And, I mean, that's that's the whole reason why we're doing the show today is Hosmer. But um, going back a little bit to Myers, kind of the last thing that we'll talk about here as we wrap it up, Myers is getting shit on on uh, Padres Twitter because he is the last oh, position player to show up to camp. Do you think any of that? Who cares? No, I don't give a fuck. Maybe he was on vacation. He's not required to show up this week. Maybe this he couldn't figure out if he should week. bring his first baseman's glove or his outfield glove, and now he knows. Maybe he shows. Maybe up he's busy and he has a personal fucking life. I'm sure if you go into camp everywhere, there's one or two players missing. Who haven't fucking shown up yet? There's guys who show up fucking late. He's not late. Is he late? Nope. No, he's not late. Leave him alone. Who the you fuck cares? I don't care too? how much money he's making. I beg your pardon? You think he got a new girlfriend too? I don't know. He may have. I don't know. Maybe he got a haircut. Who knows what the fuck he's doing? All I know is that I don't care. I don't care when he shows up. As long as he shows up on time, even then, I personally don't care. I think this is just bullshit stuff that people... It's... We live in a very media-driven world more now than ever. So um, I think people try to latch on to things. And I think people just like crapping on Will Myers. Nobody's crapping on Hedges. Everybody's talking, oh, Hedges made some tweaks to his swing, you know, to try to, to try to simplify things. You know what you could simplify in your swing, Hedges? Don't swing at shitty pitches. I mean, it has nothing to do with your swing. Just swing at strikes. It's a, it's a, simple, it's a simple theory. Swing at strikes and you'll probably get better pitches to hit. And you'll probably, you know, hit like a major leaguer and not a fucking double-A catcher who might get out hit by Rocky Gale. So I'm just saying, I think people like to fucking shit on Will Myers for reasons I have no idea. The same reason they shit on Khalil Green, right? We didn't know Khalil Green had anxiety issues. Knowing all this, you know, all the mental health that's going around, sad mental health, Khalil Green probably doesn't get the same bad rap these days as he got 10 years ago. So... Why don't we just leave Will Myers alone and let Will be Will and let him do what he does. He's a very talented young man. We've seen what he can do. Just let him do him. And don't worry about when the fuck he shows up. If you show up late to work, do you want other people giving you shit? No. I certainly don't when I show up late every day. So (laughs) leave him alone. Let him show up. Let him do his fucking thing. And hopefully he's batting fourth this year. And him and Hosmer both put up a 340 on base and slug like 460 or 470. And we can all shut the fuck up and enjoy some offense. Yeah, by the way, I don't care. He's supposed to be there on Monday. If he's not there Monday, then I care. But him not showing up early I on don't a season give a that shit. has already been folded, I don't care. I don't care if he shows uh-huh. up uh, one day earlier, one week earlier. It doesn't matter. I do not. I could not possibly care less. Here's a here's a text. Uh, should I say this guy's name? Should, should I say his name for this fucking well, stupid Well, why don't you me? forward it to me before you say it, and then I'll no. read it while you're reading it on air, and I'll tell you. No, I'm going to say his name, because you know what? He'd do the same thing to me. Rich, our pal Rich. Oh, <laughs> good old Flan. Drunk Flan. Yeah, Drunk Flan sent me a text. He goes, I wonder if Myers not being in camp early made them go for that extra year for Hosmer. <laughs> He thinks that for whatever reason, well, he says he wonders if Myers not being in camp early caused the Padres to go in eighth year. God, what a fucking Yeah, idiot. because they weren't talking about this fucking, you know, this didn't come down to the wire. I guarantee you, Preller, Fowler, Hosmer, and Boris 
have been on the fucking phone, probably in bed at a Motel 6. Actually, they probably took fucking Hosmer down to the good old uh, Easy 8 Motel yeah. <laughs> near San Isidro to treat him to some real Mexican food. They've probably been on the fucking phone all goddamn week. Like, I mean, down to the wire. Like, we got to get this deal done. So I highly doubt it. Uh, but excellent take, Rich, per usual. Yeah, how am I supposed to do a show with this guy? Having second thoughts. I don't here. fucking Jesus know. Jesus Christ. Why don't I, I, I? You should just host it and pretend you're me. You can make fun of me. That's fine. <laughs> but you should just host it and pretend you're me, and then just have him chime in because he's pretty good with one-liners. I'll give him that. Yeah. Give him that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I think that's kind of plan all along. But anyways, so to, to kind of put a bow on it here, we said, hey, we weren't going to do an emergency podcast, but goddamn, I got fired up, dude. Like my phone was blowing up as soon as the Hosmer. Uh, oh man! Out. I put on I put on Twitter. And it's a hundred percent the truth. I sat next to my wife, five feet away from my wife, for an, an entire hour and didn't say a word to her. It was amazing. I wish they would sign more free agents. Well, dude, today was great. It's not that impressive when I'm over there and she's sitting next to you, and I'm there for an hour. And you don't talk to her for about thirty to forty minutes. So <laughs> that extra thirty to twenty to thirty minutes, not that impressive from a firsthand experience. Yeah, true. That's pretty much the norm around <laughs> here, but. Um, anyways, hey, yeah, really happy to uh, record a show. You got anything else before we wrap up here? Um, no, no, not really. Um, this actually went long. Well, I, I knew it was going to go longer, uh, but uh, we were supposed to do this for like 20 minutes. But uh, no, just if nothing else, it's exciting, right? If nothing else, whether you agree with it or not, it's exciting because it's a different, it's a different direction than we're than us as Potter. We're used to getting. Do you remember we went to that town hall meeting? In 2010, four years, uh, four years first year, yep. And the like 200 people that showed up were fucking gave John Garland a standing ovation. They popped <laughs> like he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> like it's like, like oh, we and were here's standing up too. signing. Yeah, I know we were. But it's like, well, we were dumb and young fans. I mean, that was like I was in my 20s, like yeah. early 20s. <laughs> Remember when they fucking here's John Garland. All I hear is like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, John fucking Garland. Yeah, they gave him one year three mil. We lost our shit. Yeah, with an option year. Yeah. And everybody's like, man, this front office means business. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you think uh, that's this a kinda, different This kind of side note after today, do you think vibe. the guy on the old uh, Padre message boards, uh, pods or penny pinchers, do you think he just folded up his laptop and put it away for a while? I don't know. You know, I'm interested to see what Caminito has to say. <laughs> w, Tyler, W. Uh, the Cokes might make a return to the fucking Padre board at this point. Um, yeah, who else is on there? The that, uh, some old enough. school guys. It would be a triumphant return if he went. Because I still, I don't post, but I still frequent to see around. There's some uh, there's some guys who consistently post on there that, uh, you know what, and I'll probably go on after we're done, just to read. Just to read. And I don't know if they listen, but if you guys listen, thanks. I still frequent the board just to see what these guys have to say. But, um, yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. The landscape uh, has changed. The mood has definitely changed. A very different vibe as a Padre fan. We have the one of the top farm systems in the game. We have arguably, uh, once Gliber Torres promotes, the top shortstop prospect in the game, a superstar in the making, stacked farm system under that guy. And we just signed our biggest free agent, who's not a bad player. He's not James Shields. He's, like, better than James Shields. We may have actually signed a good ex-Royal this time. So regardless of what you think about it, it's a pretty exciting and uh, just like six for the first time in two years, uncharted territory for a Padre fan. Very, very true. All, all I can say is, man, a couple years down the road, <laughs> when hopefully uh, Tatis is hitting, hopefully Urias comes up and sticks. And uh, Kevin Charity said this on Twitter. Uh, if those guys hit, I mean, hey, a couple years from now could be pretty exciting because you have Myers, you have Hosmer. Oh, hopefully those two will be in their prime when uh, Urias and Tatis come up and you have Margot will hopefully be in his stride hitting his prime and you have all the pitchers coming up. I, I, I think we're looking pretty good right now, man. Yeah, it, it's exciting when you think about how close the system is. And by the way, who's fucking jerking themselves off more than Closet Royals homer Kevin Charity? <laughs> is he a Royals homer? He is. Oh, my fucking guy! He went to school. I thought I told you. He went to school uh, in uh, Missouri and adopted the Royals as his team at the time. He's a huge fucking homer for the damn Royals. He was dogging me at work every time. They're going to sign Hosmer. They're going to sign Hosmer. And he would do it to piss me off. But I also knew he would do it because deep down inside, as he's fucking playing pocket pull in his pants while he's uh, grading employees, he was hoping that they would sign Hosmer. So... Uh... 
if anybody's getting a good night tonight, it's probably Charity's wife. Oh, and if not, boy. then Charity's definitely having a wonderful evening. So I want to congratulate our good friend on his dream coming true. <laughs> I, I got nothing else, man. Congrats on the good night, Kevin. We'll talk to you guys later. We're out of here.